This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors in the financial industry. Outer Blue by Amundi. Welcome to Blue Convictions, market analysis and asset allocation views. I'm your host, Tom Burgess-Watson, and each month I'll be joined by Monica Defend, Global Head of Research here at Amundi. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this podcast. We're back with our monthly Blue Convictions update, and I'm pleased to say that Monica Defend, the Global Head of Research at Amundi, uh, joins me now from Milan. Welcome to you, Monica. Hello, and welcome back. Um, Monica, clearly the COVID-19 pandemic will have drastically altered everybody's outlook. Uh, Could I start by asking you for your view of the bigger picture, sort of in the medium term? Yeah, thank you, Tom. Uh, like enough, we are able now uh, to look a little bit forward. And our big picture for the medium term, we believe we entered a contraction financial regime. A contraction financial regime is future with central banks and governments displaying all the effort to, to support uh, the economy to uh, recover from the uh, pandemic. We are in our economic recession and we are seeing rising unemployment numbers. Uh, we do believe a recovery phase will uh, follow in later in uh, 2021, with economic activity retracing back, but below the levels we have seen uh, at the end of 2019. At the same time, uh, we will see uh, likely enough rising labor costs and potentially some cooling down in the monetary and government actions. Uh, after that, uh, in 2022, we might land in a late cycle or even possibly in an asset reflection regime should the central banks remain ultra accommodative uh, displaying further uh, qui infinity uh, basically uh, widening their their balance sheet so this is the economic picture we have in mind the investment consequences attached to that the first phase will be characterized by a preference for a low risk uh, positioning cash govis investment grade credit that stays um, under the central bank's umbrella and gold the next step will be gradually to move into the uh, equity exposure, uh, likely preferring emerging markets first, just because they were the first in and the first out, uh, base metals, and as soon as the profit cycle will bounce back, uh, we, we might uh, broadly uh, reposition in the uh, developed market and the full uh, credit spectrum. Okay, so a recovery is on the cards, even if it's not in the immediate term. So what is your vision of the immediate term, the short term, and basically what's left of the year 2020, Monica? The big decision uh, that uh, we have uh, we have to make at investors and the markets will start a pricing in, we believe, by the end of May, beginning of June, is to, uh, to assess whether the world is in a serious or in a severe uh, scenario, and then uh, we will uh, pos- position accordingly. We expect uh, a global recession um, to continue with a sequencing of a drawdown and a diverging recovery recovery path. Obviously, the length of the weakness and the extent of permanent output loss, as well as demand destruction will depend from the lockdown's uh, duration. And nowadays we are seeing how uh, the, the different uh, countries and regions are setting out uh, the, the lockdown uh, exit. Labor market will be key. Uh, this crisis has been a crisis on the supply side 
but uh, it has also been a crisis on the demand side and the labor market will uh, assess the level of pain uh, that uh, will um, uh, that, that evolve the, the, the consumer. Um, China, as, uh, as I was saying before, will likely be the first in and the first out. We have seen uh, already a production recovery uh, that is uh, um, followed by a slow uh, resumption on the internal demand side. More in general, uh, COVID-19 has exacerbated the emerging market fragilities on rising debt, increasing external vulnerability, and lately on uh, oil price dependency. So again, uh, emerging market is something that uh, we need to look at carefully, and you will find a dedicated session and analysis in the cross-asset uh, publication we are going to publish uh, in the next days. Okay, so we'll know uh, end of May, beginning of June, if the situation is serious or severe. And you mentioned oil there. Let me just pick you up on that. Where do you see oil prices heading, Monica? Well, the pandemic really triggered a real chaos in the uh, in the oil market by the third week of, of April with the WTI, so the um, US benchmark for oil prices, dropping into negative territory. This was the first time uh, in history after a series of uh, largest, uh, largest swings. The reason for that uh, relies to a mismatch in, in demand and supply. Demand collapsed just because of the of the pandemic and on the uh, supply side in the uh, in the US uh, we have seen some storage issues so really um, we didn't they didn't know where to store oil uh, what has been uh, done on one side OPEC plus countries have signed uh, an agreement that officially uh, will uh, be implemented by May the 1st with some uh, cuts in the in the production what we have seen so far and the last week of April uh, will shed more light on that uh, we have seen we will see likely some informal uh, cut ahead of the uh, end of, of May. While as far as the U.S. regulator, they are considering seriously some production shut-in. With this in mind, we think that the price might likely stabilize around $20 per barrel or more visible uh, adjustment in the, in the U.S. production. More, more medium-term, the economic outlook will be critical as well. So if the global economic recovery looks closer to our benign scenario with some um, recovery in the reminder uh, of the year, slowly bouncing back, we might uh, even see the WTI ending 2020 around 30 US dollars per barrel. Okay, so that's oil. And more broadly speaking, any sort of key trends, broadly speaking, that you're particularly focused on right now? We are closely monitoring the reporting season. Uh, the reason for that is that uh, it will allow us uh, to assess the pain on the uh, real economy more than GDP numbers uh, will, uh, will do. Um, companies are struggling to provide guidance, uh, while an increase of bankruptcies, uh, shutdowns will be reflected into uh, higher rates. But the fact that guidance for 2020 activity is not providing really emphasis 
emphasize uh, the, the level of uh, uncertainty. Uh, we do believe that consensus estimations are still uh, too optimistic, despite uh, the uh, record uh, higher number uh, of uh, um, EPS uh, downward revisions. We are really touching uh, historical uh, lows on, uh, on that front. But as an example, for the S&P 500 operating EPS, we do expect a minus 25% for the year and a bounce back in, uh, in 2021. Another element we are tracking is global liquidity, where we see a decoupling between the massive amount of liquidity that is flushing into the system already back in the, in the summer 2019, with the central banks uh, reeling and being massively, uh, massively um, inflating liquidity in, into the system, but on the other front, the perceived liquidity by investors in the market is still uh, very, very low. Far from the level we have seen during the global uh, financial crisis, but still uh, very low. A third element we are watching closely uh, is the peripherals country in, in Europe, uh, Italy, Spain, Portugal. Uh, the discussion uh, within the uh, UE authorities uh, now define the framework. Uh, the recovery fund is the uh, legal framework where uh, the, um, the money uh, will be channeled uh, in order to uh, help uh, the, the countries uh, um, Hit the most, and this will temper uh, the uh, volatility in the in the fixed income, uh, in the government bond yields, trying to help what the ECB uh, is, uh, uh, is is been uh, doing uh, very boldly over the last weeks. Okay, and just tell us what sort of key action you're taking with regard to building your portfolios at the moment, Monica. In the given environment, there are four actions uh, we suggest and actually we are following uh, in order to, to build our portfolios. The first one, we are cautious in the short term. The second, we are ready to play the rebound at the asset class and regional levels. Third, we uh, manage liquidity uh, dynamically, which means basically uh, having uh, barbell strategies in place where we have liquidity butters, uh, buffers on uh, one side and exposure to, uh, to, uh, to the rebound on the other. Fourth, we need to differentiate uh, risk opportunities. So credit uh, versus uh, equity within the equity spectrum, cyclicals with uh, liquidity, um, debt sustainability, liquidity buffer, eligibility uh, um, for uh, those credit names under the central bank's uh, purchasing program. While in the emerging market, we monitor fiscal vulnerabilities, external vulnerabilities to US dollar strength, and the oil dependence. Okay, and, and just lastly, what would you say are Amundi's key convictions right now? We are uh, very constructive on Euro investment grade, uh, just because uh, those names are these uh, asset classes uh, benefiting from the ECB liquidity programs. Um, while uh, we are, uh, say, more cautious on the high yield space, uh, uh, that is featured with uh, high leverage, uh, has been hit by falling oil prices and economic uh, lockdowns due to the 
to the pandemic that eventually uh, will uh, um, increase the, the risk of default in the high-yield markets. So over there, we're careful. But uh, we have a strong focus on selection just because certain segments of high-yield corporates might offer unique value. Okay, well, thank you very much indeed for speaking to us. That's all we have time for. Monica Defend, Global Head of Research at Amundi, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And thank you very much indeed to you for joining us for this edition of Blue Convictions. We look forward to welcoming you again very soon. This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors as defined in Directive 2004-39-EC, dated 21st of April 2004, on markets in financial instruments called MIFID, investment services providers, and any other professional of the financial industry. Views are subject to change and should not be relied upon as investment advice on behalf of Amundi.